Hey, y'all. I'm Mace Kerwick. And I'm Javi Ungo. And this is Queer Town. We're sitting here with a good friend of Queer Town, Ananya Ravi. Hi, Ananya. Hi, Javi. Hi, Mace. It's good to be here. It's good to be back here with you in your backyard, this time with you. I know. Um, better lighting? <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so the last time we were here, your lights did try to take me out. Uh, they're very up in the air right now, though. Uh, and I mean that, like, not, like, question mark, but, like, structurally, they are fastened <laughs> in the air. This is true. This yeah, is true. Yeah, and and yeah. we're all happy about it. Quite an improvement, I think. <laughs> So we loved having our conversation with Armin A. Dory back here. So thank you for letting us back into your space. And we're so happy to have you guest hosting with us on the pod. And we've got another exciting guest sitting down with us today. But before we get into introducing them, let's chat about your festival, Ananya. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm on the programming team of the Indie Meme Film Festival. Um, this is the eighth year of the festival. 10th year of Indie Meme, and this time we have films from 11 countries and in 17 languages. It's the best of South Asian and Iranian cinema and runs from April 12th to April 17th. So if, you know, if you're interested, come on by to AFS Cinema and check what we have out or go to IndieMeme.org. Fantastic. That's awesome. That's so exciting. Yeah, I, I will definitely have to go check out some stuff. But before we race to the movie theater, we need to have a conversation right here in your backyard. Today, we are sitting down with Dr. Debron Mojumdar. Did I say that correctly? Pretty good. Okay, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll work our way there. The first one, the, uh, Debron. I, okay, I got 50%. You got it like 80%. Wow. You got the hard one correct. Wow, thank, so you're thank you. You're, you're an expert in flattery. And <laughs> Deb, you are also a sociology professor who founded the social group Kush ATX for queer South Asians in the Austin area back in 2012. So hi, Deb. Welcome to the show. Hey, thank you. This is a privilege, great opportunity, and um Willing to respond to whatever you throw at me. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> Amazing. I am. Do you want me to read this part? Let's try it out. Yeah. Okay. yeah we, we, you know, we wrote a little script and we've already gone off of it. Uh, and we're only like half a page through this thing. But you know what? That's Queertown, baby. Why, why stay straight to the page when we could bend in our own direction? Okay, with an impressive professional resume, including a doctoral degree in sociology from Bowling Green State University, uh, we're excited to chat about Deb's experience in the classroom and also as a gay South Asian immigrant and a member of Gen X who's lived in Austin for 20 years. Is all of that accurate? That is all correct. I was like, oh my God, what's he going to say that's incorrect? And I have to correct it. But that is so good. So just before we started recording, you were lamenting about the fact that you disclosed your generation to us. <laughs> and if you are listening to the show and you would like to challenge Deb's assessment that he might be the oldest queer South Asian who's out in Austin, Texas. Please hit us up. Operators are standing by. <laughs> Please do, because I would love to be not the oldest out South Asian person, <laughs> queer person in Austin, because, oh my God, wherever I go in this little, in the space, South Asian queer space, I'm like, 
the fucking oldest person. <laughs> but it's all good. I'm appreciating this, I guess, longevity. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, something that I would love to start off our conversation by talking about is you immigrated to the United States in 1994, and you immigrated from India to Ohio. Uh, I feel like that sentence alone, like there's a lot to unpack there. Oh, God. <laughs> what was it like when you first landed in Ohio? Because that would have been, what, two years into the Clinton administration? Yeah, uh, yeah. It, it was, you know, I mean, oh, God, this is such a loaded question. Like you said, there's a lot to unpack. Uh, it was, I mean, the reason that I made that decision is because, like, in India, I mean, I was one of the most, in my class or in my, you know, group or cohort, one of the least likely persons to have taken this risk of, you know, leaving everything and uh, moving here. But I realized, like, you know, when I was in my late uh, teens and when I was, you know, getting more aware of my sexuality and everything, it would be really hard for me to sort of live there. Not that there aren't queer people of my age there, but again, very few that I know of. And, uh, and then I also come from a very conservative family. Like, we're super sort of, like, traditional and all of that, which comes with that. So I'm like, oh, gosh, I got to get out of here. I mean, that was a, like, you know, at one point I was like, okay, where else to move other than U.S.? U.S. still has, you know, back then uh, and now. I mean, you know, it has that appeal and everything. And so I moved. So, and I honestly, I mean, if I had to summarize my decision to move, I just wanted to move to be gay, to be queer. That's Hell yeah. it. That's it. I mean, I didn't have a lot of like, you know, other pull factors, uh, you know, in terms of, um, you know, socioeconomic stuff, like having to, you know, make my financial standing better and things like that. I mean, I come from pretty sort of kind of privileged place there <clears throat> but bottom line uh yeah i just wanted to be here and get an get an education while i'm being gay <laughs> so, so how so the, how old were you i was 25 25 when, when you I moved, moved here. here gotcha yeah gotcha okay so did you move here for grad school i came here for grad school gotcha I, and to be gay huh? and to be gay so well that's my like, next question so oh, bowling green oh yeah so you know <laughs> so, so you know the process is you apply to many schools and everything so i did all of that so i got into a, at um got my um offer actually at Bo at not bowling green at university of toledo where i did my masters and then i did my phd got my phd from bowling green in sociology and um yeah and so like yeah from there to uh ohio and and uh, to toledo ohio and there, you know, like I said, I really wanted to live an authentic life. And so I kind of, not immediately, maybe after a couple of months, I kind of sought out 
the uh, queer community there and um, by going to gay bars. <laughs> sure, sure. So and the, did that take up a lot of courage to go there? Actually, you know, it did a little bit, but I still, yeah, it, actually, I don't know. I mean, I was honestly, I was really looking for me. I was like a kid in a candy store. Yeah. Feel, like everything in the U.S. Like, oh my God, I can just be my, I mean, I was so repressed. I can't even like, it's hard to sort of like, tell y'all explain or describe so so for me like for some i know it's a kind of a very daunting thing but for me when my friend took me there to that bar in toledo called brett's i was like oh dang i mean this is just like like wow this is so fun and these are you know and even at that time you know that space was like the larger society was way different than how it is now in terms of acceptance and stuff. So you really, that, you know, space there, a queer bar would really be where you could be your authentic self. And when you're out, when you're leaving the doors, you're probably, you know, trying not, you know, trying to hide or whatever, or get back into the cloud. I mean, it's just being the nature of how things were. I wouldn't say that, that was the case for everybody, but for a lot of people. So, yeah, no, I I didn't feel... The only thing that I felt scared of, like, you know, that I'll get caught or something. The one thing that I didn't have to get scared about is, like, I didn't have any family here, so what the heck? Who are you going to tell? <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. a little bit of that or, you know, if I... But I didn't have some of the, uh, you know... Uh, what do you call concerns of uh, people finding out like well, it was a different time as far as communication yeah. and like I'm sure the, the the time change was so much more felt back then than how it is now oh my oh yeah it's I mean it was all about physical space at that time where you have to you had to like yeah to to find the community, you had to almost be there. Mm. Unlike now, to find a community, you can hop online. And so you had to literally like travel or something, you know, to, yeah, to find people, uh, uh, queer people. Or libraries or something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why that came up. <laughs> it wasn't just. It was a game the library. <laughs> oh my god! So I know that you were kind of out in India as well, but how did that change? Because mm -hmm. you were at IIT, and I mean, I don't know. Like, how how did you feel the difference between? being sort of out there versus in Bowling Green. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, the, I mean, I wasn't like out, out. I mean, I have had, uh, you know, I, I was out to myself if if it were, uh, you know, if I can say that. I mean, I knew, although I did not know a lot about me, but I knew I was super different. I mean, I'm not like being attracted to girls where everyone else is. I mean, like, what the heck is going on here? And then, um, and so I, you know, I wasn't like out in that regard in, uh, in India so much. And so 
to you know to be here and then i mean initially when i got here i w- did not immediately like you know uh i just didn't i like the maybe the courage and maybe also the um you know i was still it's a new country so a lot of things are happening right i'm getting used to the new environment the new you know new community society i'm just like i was like a sponge just absorbing absorbing and and so um so you know i mean the only thing around that time and i was super naive too like very naive i'm still kind of sometimes like that a little bit (laughs) 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 even after all these years of experience but anyway uh yeah so you know i was just like i kind of had my blinders on and i just wanted to sort of like be who i was and just do that you know and so and even toledo ohio gave me provided me the opportunity to you know to do that so it was really nice and uh for me but of course there were challenges you know but but yeah, but I was, yeah, I just, but the challenges, I guess, sort of, they looked smaller compared to, you know, smaller compared uh, compared to being your authentic self. It's hard to sort of like, you know, to a non-queer person, it will be like, what, you know, what's he talking about or things, but it's such a big deal. No, I get that completely because mm-hmm. I went to school in Missouri. Mm-hmm. I was in mid-Missouri for undergrad mm-hmm. and I remember when I moved there, there were, I think, two gay bars in town, one of which I never went to because it was billed mm-hmm. as being people who were over 30. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> which, like, from the other side of 30, I'm like, well, that bar probably fucking rock. <laughs> but the, that bar probably had a reasonable volume level. Uh, yeah, it probably played a lot of 90s music videos. <laughs> uh, but the other one, it was just called South Columbia, which was the road that it was on. Mm. And it was this uh, like random shopping center that it was in. And I remember the first time I went in there, there was a drag queen who was performing on a makeshift stage. And that was the first drag show that I'd ever been to. And I like didn't have any assessment of like, yeah. is this good? Is this bad? Is this like a shitty drag show? Right. Uh, spoiler alert, it was. <laughs> what did you think at the time? Oh, I went every Thursday. <laughs> but it, it felt like a breath of fresh air, right? Yeah. It was it was a space that I could get into uh, as someone who was not yet of legal drinking age. It was a space where I could feel desired and where I could desire folks myself. It yeah. was... Um, it, it there was still so much that I didn't know about myself that I was able to discover by entering that space. Mm-hmm. And so I would imagine that that might be a little bit of what you're alluding to here. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, just kind of like, you know, it's, can, it can sound really trite, like freedom. I mean, yeah, you've kind of felt free. I mean, it's just kind of like you could breathe. So even in like, such a crowded space. <laughs> yeah, I want to know more about Brett's. Uh, it was a lot of fun, actually. It was like, you know, it was just, and for me, you know, I hadn't been to a gay bar 
and but it was like a it was like a club actually even sort of like back in the day i mean it had a pretty decent size uh dance floor and um lots of you know fun music dance hits from the you know 80s were not that far back at yeah, that point yeah. right so so yeah and a lot of like disco music I mean, again 70s weren't that you know yeah, that, that, it was I that also feel like they were past, back in yeah. vogue. Yeah, at that point, like, there was definitely yeah. a disco resurgence in the nineties. Madonna, oh my. yeah. So you know, all the stuff that's kind of retro right now were like present, current then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it was a lot of fun. You know, I did. You know, I was just being a gay person. <laughs> yeah. For a bit, so <laughs> you can imagine. <laughs> Oh, I, 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 I know. So you eventually found your way to Austin. Yeah. And you moved here in 2001, is that correct? Yes. Yeah, so you've been here over 20 years. I have. And when we were talking, you sort of got um, like a little twinkle in your eye when we were talking about um, just like your initial Austin stuff during your pre interview. And you mentioned one of my favorite. Uh, forgotten bars in town, which is Chain Drive. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's not there anymore, I think. It's, it's not now, R.I.P. I know, it's, I don't know what's there anymore. Uh, is it some new condo or something that has come? I don't know. Anyway. I don't know where it was. I never went. So, it right by it, Rainy Street. Yeah, the uh, location I went to was behind the horse stable. So it always smelled yep. like horse shit. That's it. <laughs> yep. That. That, that, that was the, for me, I mean, as far as I know, that was the only location. They briefly tried moving over somewhere off of Rainy, oh, like really? on the other side wow, of. No um, but where it is now is now going to be like one of those big super yeah. tall buildings which is so funny to yeah. me because it's probably going to be you know like multi-million dollar properties and they will have no idea what <laughs> they're floating above the memory of <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no that was you know it was fun you know it's just like and there were so many other bars too that are not there anymore like charlie's oh. and there used to be one remember i don't know if y'all remember like right at Fourth and Congress, it used to be called. Was it called Forum? No. Yes. Was it, it was called Forum? Forum. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, it had a kind of a roof. We would like during Pride Parade, we would just kind of stand on the roof, and watch the parade. And then there was another one called Fabric for a little bit. In that same space, right? It kind of. Or maybe kind of. A, yeah. It was around like the Congress yeah, area. Somewhere yes. around there. That. That was very short. Fabric was love. very brief. Really? It wasn't yeah, around very long. Like, and then yeah. down the street was Rainbow Cattle. Yeah, then there was Rainbow Cattle. That was like a lot of fun, actually. I used to go there a lot. I loved Rainbow Cattle. Yeah. Oh, I feel like I would have thrived in that space. Yeah. Rainbow Cattle was like the, it felt to me like the last Austin bar where they would play hardcore pornography on the TVs. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, oh my God. I mean, and then there was. Uh, Rusty Spurs, do you remember that? Yes. That was brief. That's actually where I met John, my husband. Oh. Mm. Rusty Spur was off of 7th, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was... Did you ever go to Rusty Spur? No. It was so weird, because it was, like, <laughs> away from all the other bars, mm. and it was adjacent to, like, Dirty Sixth. Oh. So you'd have to kind of, like, go through Dirty Sixth yeah. to get to Rusty Spur. Uh, but it was this, like, amazing, like, gay oasis, yeah. like, in the middle of all of that. 
Wow. So, you know, we probably listed as many bars or more bars that are not there anymore yeah. than there are currently yeah. in Boy, Austin. Boy Cellar was also around that time. but Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a boy yeah, seller. That was yeah. my, my uh, but oil cans was also yeah. oil cans has weirdly survived the longest. Yeah, somehow they're sticking it out. Wow. Yeah, we it's did been get there. kicked out of there once. You did? Nora and I did. Holy <laughs> shit! What did you get up to? Nothing. Nobody else was getting oh. into. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you you definitely fucked someone. Up here. <laughs> but you know, it was it was just so weird. We're like we're being picked on. <laughs> wow. wow! It's the only uh, one of the few women <laughs> in oh. that room. Oh, there it is. That's bullshit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, you're like That's off mic. Cool. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I flung a drink at someone. <laughs> <laughs> I got kicked out of boys cellar uh, twice. Um, yeah. There was a there was a time where I was like, they're gonna have a picture of me on the wall. Um, <laughs> I got kicked out of Stubbs. <laughs> Oh, really? oh wow, that's yeah. high key. Yeah, that, that that was bad. That was um, I, I was very very intoxicated. <laughs> yeah. Wait, is this the same story where you spilled beer on? Yep. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, oh gosh, who did I ran oh, into no. my former boss, who's a very good friend of ours, Lindsay Beltran, and she was on the first date with her now husband Ed, and I ran into them like blackout drunk, and I. <laughs> Ev- evidently, Lindsay told me, hey, because uh, we're by the porta potties. And she's like, hey, I'm like on a date with this guy. Just like come over and make me look good. I don't remember that. Oh, I'm so God. drunk. So I just come over and I make her look awful because I'm over there like, hey, what's up? <laughs> and I decided that it would be really funny if I baptized her with beer (laughs) and i remember ed was like ever the gentleman and he pulled me aside and was like hey i don't think she really likes that (laughs) and you don't remember any of it i remember like that but what i don't remember is being kicked out until they were like do you need a ride and i confidently said no i can walk home (laughs) You yeah. did not live close to Stubbs at that time. Oh, really? No, no. <laughs> it, it would have been like a two-mile walk. It, oh, uh, it, it was uh, it was a Herculean effort on my <laughs> end. <laughs> All of yeah. Oh, man. But they're still together. They're still together. And oh, wow. It's a fun story. You know, it wasn't brought up at the wedding. Okay. And I felt like that was a missed opportunity. Truly. I agree. Yeah. You know, it was not part of the bridal party, but I could have been, you know, a throwaway anecdote. But speaking about your experiences here in Austin, I would love to talk about Cush ATX. Yeah. So you were talking earlier about seeking out community. And that was really more of just, I think, like a bigger picture, you know, gay, queer space that you wanted to be in but it was like as you were here in Austin because I think it was about a decade into your time here that's when you created Cush ATX so walk us through that (laughs) yeah you know I mean I um, like in Ohio like I said my main sort of my focus was just to sort of be queer and just you know kind of like fulfill that okay so and there weren't that many South Asian uh, queer people. I mean, I just hadn't like met any. I had not even seen. You can kind of like sometimes see and think, oh, maybe. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> but by the time I got to Austin, 
you know, I will, I mean, I won't see that many, like, South, it's, it was hard to even tell because sometimes, you know, Latino folks, they sometimes look like South Asians and many a times I would be mistaken for, you know, uh, for a, uh, a Latinx person, but, uh, there was more visibility of like, you know, South Asians in Austin. Mm -hmm. and so, and around that time, you know, we were all getting connected by, you know, by internet and whatnot. And, uh, I was making friends on social media, like, you know, other South Asian queer people. Um, and I think one person had mentioned one time that, Hey, why don't we have a group, uh, and at, at that time, actually, Dallas had a very functioning, uh, functional queer uh, Desi group. And sometimes I would, uh, you know, go travel there. And I, and actually, and the first time I was really interested because I had never been to one. I was like, oh, my God, they have such a large uh, South Asian queer uh, group here. They're all having fun. I mean, it just kind of opened my eyes to it. And then... Uh, and it was like, you know, celebrating, talking about things that, you know, I could relate to as well. And at that time, you know, I was also getting connected to folks over here of South Asian descent, queer folks. And uh, around that time, I, I think I talked to y'all a little bit, like, you know, I had a health scare and I had like all right. these very deep <laughs> existential questions. What the heck am I doing? Da, 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 da. So I just wanted to like do something, you know, uh, around that time when things settled down a little bit. And then, uh, then I said, asked my, uh, I asked John, my husband that, Hey, would you think if I, you know, some of these guys are, you know, sort of like they want something, but they, uh, like a community, but they, uh, no one is actually, you know, stepping up in, uh, and he said that, you know, if it, um, you know, if it makes it, it's going to be a lot of work on you. Like, it will, you know, it won't be, you know, because you're going to lead it or whatever. I, I said, I don't think it's going to last that long. It's just, it'll just start. <laughs> and, <laughs> but I wanted, I mean, but at that time, I really wanted to do something, you mm -hmm. know. And, um, and I also... Uh, at that time, I start. I joined uh, the care communities. I don't think that's existing anymore. It was. It's. Um, it was an organization that uh, gave support to elderly folks who have, um, who are, uh, you know, dealing with cancer and things like that. So I was just trying to find out, like various opportunities to volunteer I'm gonna make something out of my life because I thought okay like who knows you know uh, and then um, so so this was another and then I also volunteered at uh, Lance Armstrong's uh, what was the cycling thing that lift strong lift strong thing so like I was doing a bunch of wow this really so, was like, 2012 2011 <laughs> <laughs> no 2011 like late late yeah. so and 2000, early 2012 so I'm like okay let's do this let's just do things you know just kind of made just to get some purpose or whatever and so yeah and so so now we are all connected by social media and we you know so and I uh, 
I can't even remember how I organized that first meet. Or, but really? it was at um, uh, another very nice tea shop that's not there anymore. Uh, at the domain steeping room, do y'all remember? Oh, steeping? I loved steeping. Yeah, yeah totally. So good. So, okay, so we met there, and it was just four or five or some of us, and we just kind of like not a whole lot, of, not a big crowd. But the the next one was an April next uh, meeting, and that had actually that had a bunch of. I still remember. I was like, wow. Uh, like 15 to 20 people or something like that. Much more That's than incredible. Fortify. Yeah. Where did all these people, how did they get to know or how they, so, and then it just like, you know, one thing led to another because I believe the response that we were getting and how, and seeing the response, I felt that there's a need for it. And it just kind of kept me sort of going. And just, so I led that, you know, for until mid to 2020, the pandemic. I was like, oh my so, God. So just a casual eight years. Casual eight <laughs> years. And we did a lot, actually. I think you should talk about how many people there are now. From oh, like yeah. The four oh, people yeah. first time, 15 people the second time. Oh, God. How many? I don't even... Uh, so many. I think the WhatsApp group is like 200 people. Oh, yeah. whoa. So it, so it just kind of like grew and grew. And uh, and with the sort of like you know it being a Austin being a high tech city, and a lot of South and I'm not stereotyping it's a fact a lot of South Asian are uh, folks are employed in the high tech industry lot not all um, and disclaimer so, so <laughs> yeah, looking at you Ananya <laughs> and so. And so you know, so the population of, I mean, the uh, number of folks in our group also grew along with it, right? So, um, God, that's that's really fascinating. Just, yeah, the city just yeah. expanded what this group could do. Yeah, and so I, so I think what I did one time, like I can't remember which year, someone. So, so I got to once word of this. Uh, the existence of this group, you know, got out. We were doing outreach, like we would go to, like, have a little booth at the Pride Parade, uh, Pride Festival. Then we did um, the parade and everything. So, as word was uh, getting out, uh, someone from the Austin. I don't know exactly, like archivist, cities uh, archivist or something. And this person was doing so archiving the history of Asian Americans in, in Austin. And so she came and uh, approached us and she, she said that, hey, do you all want, you know, to put some documents of Kush ATX in the cities?" uh Asian American archives so to document like the growth of this population and to show the diversity of this population. Within so I, I jumped at it and like why not? I mean, throw whatever is out there to make us visible. And so now you can you know if you do uh, what do you call uh, 
and you go to the city's library uh, site, and if you search for Cush ATX or something new, you, know, you do some, you know, uh, search a little bit, and you'll see our groups information there with some pictures, some documentation, and things like that. So. You'll see me there jumping. Oh yeah, yeah, we took some pictures, and so it's so you know, it's it's all good. That's incredible. Yeah. Well, thank you. folks at home, stick around. We will be back in just a second. Okay, and welcome back to Queer Town. Queer Town. Queer Town. Queer Town. <laughs> uh, we are figuring out sure the soundboard. The, uh... You know, that's what I was actually trying oh, to okay. do. <laughs> uh, let me try once more. We're still figuring out what button does what. Oh, oh not a <laughs> wrong one. <laughs> okay, I think it might be. Mm, we'll fix it in post. <laughs> that's me. <laughs> um. I don't know if we have heavy port. It's it's either of these two, but one of them is the clock for Queer Town Quiz Time. Uh, so uh, yeah. and it's, that that one. One. it's that one. It's that one. It's that one. Yeah. <laughs> and we're just gonna. Well, we've got twenty seconds. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, someone say a juicy secret. No. <laughs> oh. I have none. Four, three, I used three, to. One. <laughs> hey, you still, I, mm, you wait, share it that. wait, this uh, might be it. No, my. There oh. it is. Drewski, keep all of this in. Drewski, if you cut any of them. You know, we've been doing this podcast for uh, over a year, and you know what? Cheers, queers. Cheers. Cheers. To never Cheers. knowing everything. Mm. Cheers. <laughs> But, but also, you turned mine down. Can you turn my background? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Is there this good? We, okay. Is this good? Okay. And That's it. Perfect. Deb, can you hear? Yeah, I'm cool. <laughs> I mean, I can you hear. are cool. You are cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> well, just in case. And welcome back to Queer Town. Uh, it is so good to be here in your backyard, Ananya. The sun is slowly setting, and the lights are actually... Adding some benefit, one might say. Yeah, someone yeah. came around. <laughs> <laughs> I have, uh, I, I, they're growing on me, what can I say? Uh, so I would love to talk about your wedding, Deb. You got married in December. <laughs> I did, so. <laughs> yeah, I don't know a lot of, if a lot of people know about it, but. Um, is this, is this your official announcement here on It could be. It could be. <laughs> other so, than the other day when I told Ananya. And oh, wait, no, I told wait. my chorus people. Um, uh, like when we were doing the pre thing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, the, uh, oh, I told my chorus. I, I'm part of uh, Awesome Gaiman's chorus. Oh, nice. And I told them. And uh, yeah, you know, Johnny got married. We've been together. At that time, uh, we, we would have been... Oh my God, I'm so bad at this. 13 years? It'll be 14. <laughs> so, yeah, 13 going on 14. And, yep, and we wanted to get married and uh, just didn't want to make a big 
deal out of it and just went to the county clerk's office and uh, you know filed for it and then went and then the wedding was uh, by Zoom. Very, very appropriate for the times we're living in. <laughs> Absolutely. So, and that was that. And so, but we, we, you know, we've been practically, we've been married. Like, you know, it's just like a thing, yeah. you know, we, we, for all intents and purposes, we were like, you know. I still want a party. Uh, yeah, we will <laughs> celebrate at some time. We'll, we'll have to figure it out now. Yeah, we, uh, I think we are all owed uh, a wedding celebration. I'm yes, yeah, we, we all, all like are going to be ago. invited. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you were saying that the uh, reversal on Roe v. Wade is part of what led to this decision to legally uh, connect to yourself with your husband. Yeah, you know, I mean, it was part of it. And, you know, John kind of had put this, you know, the responsibility of making the arrangement for it uh, on me because he was like, if you want to get married, you go in you know, call and make the appointments and blah, blah. Okay, so, so having said that, um, of course, I wanted to get married to him. That's number one. I mean, and then, you know, everything that's happening politically, I mean, it just sort of like, uh, it had an effect on me. And, uh, and I was like, gosh, you know, you just can't take anything for granted yeah. anymore. No. So... And especially like, and I just wanted to have this done and so that we have our rights if, you know, should anything come up. And uh, so, yeah, and, you know, just wanted to have that, uh, you know, have the certificate and everything, all the benefits and privileges that comes with that so that was important and you know i don't want to get too political had it been a you know if the environment had been different maybe not you know but it definitely had some effect on me yeah personally so yeah does it feel i feel like a wedding and a marriage are two different things mm -hmm. and Oh, that's a good distinction. I mean, like, Nora and I were married, and we had to also be married for my legal purposes. Wait, y'all are married? <laughs> Wait, what the fuck? Second announcement. <laughs> mm, we'll fix it in post. <laughs> <laughs> we're learning so many I knew about it. <laughs> Drama? What? Where, yeah, where's my um, What the fuck? No, because this was also a COVID thing. Uh, basically, my um, H-1B works in a lottery system. I didn't get the lottery the last year that I was on my um, STEM OBT extension. Um, and that was during COVID. So it was like... Just for the audience who may not know what those terms are. So I came to the U.S. in 2016 on a student visa. Yes. And because I'm in a STEM field, I get uh, two additional years on top of the one year you get to do your internship or training mm -hmm. after you graduate from a U.S. university. 
Um, and then after that, your company just has to apply for um, an H-1B um, work visa. And that works uh, in a lottery system, um, especially if you're from a country with a large population, like India, there's a cap on the number of H-1B visas that are given out each year. Mm -hmm. And I didn't get in. And so it's like, okay, um, am I supposed to travel back during COVID, um, possibly risking my life on a plane? I don't know. That would have been horrifying. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, or, you know, potentially, I don't know if I'm going to come back. Um, I don't know what's going to happen with this relationship, this life I built. And so, um, yeah, that's, that's why we decided to get legally married. Um, yeah. But it was very soon into the relationship. And, I mean, it, it just, I think just having to make that decision without any of the romance like at least for us mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we we kind of have to differentiate now like do we want a wedding mm -hmm. like is that something that feels good um given just how precip precipitous everything has been and then also you know like does anyone want a wedding? Should we do weddings? There's so many other questions about it. I, I don't know if anyone wants a wedding. I, I do think that people want a party, no. but yeah. the number of people I know personally, I hope none of them are listening, who were just so stressed before, you know, the, the, the big day. And uh, I think there's a lot of pressure and expectation that, that comes into it. That's a lot. It's a lot. It's so in, much. In the South Asian culture, it's such a deal. Oh, because it's more Remember days, that right? Priyanka Chopra, she got married. How many, how, how many wedding parties she had? Like three or something? I don't know. That's that too was, many. But that's too many. Forget Priyanka Chopra. My brother had four <laughs> weddings. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I mean, like, you know, we are sharing this bench and like we are, Anani and I, and it also shows the strides that the queer community has made. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, uh, around when I got here, you know, marriage, same-sex marriage was, you couldn't even think about, I mean, you know, that, I mean, it's I even a possibility now, it just boggles my mind because I, I do remember when our hope was like this state of um, Vermont, mm -hmm. like people went there to like, you know, oh, when right. it was, uh, you know, legal there, and then I can't remember if you could get married or it was, I think it was a civil union so, yeah. that you could get there. And, you know, folks who were really, you know, wanted to make, you know, wanted to have something official, mm -hmm. you know, and, but none of the immigration benefits came with that either. I mean, just to see like how fast the progress has been, you know, that's just boggles. Yeah. That's mind-boggling. Yeah, there's such a snowballing effect that is happening right now that's very scary. And I feel like the majority of my childhood mm -hmm. was uh, coming to terms with my queer identity while mm -hmm. seeing these strides. Oh, and yeah. also seeing, you know, homophobia and bullying firsthand. Yeah. Uh, and, it, and it really is quite fascinating mm -hmm. to me because when you moved to Texas, anal was illegal. It wasn't until 2003 yep. 
that that was somehow legalized by the U.S. Supreme Court, which yeah. is fucking insane. It is. <laughs> it's it's mind. And so you know, sometimes I feel that I mean, change has occurred so fast, and I mean, bold changes that sometimes the country is having a hard time catching up. I mean, you know, it's great for us, right? We love it. I mean, and we will always love it. But it's hard for the general public to catch up to it. There's always a lag, right? Oh, you think? I mean, lag meaning catch, catching up to I mean, not everyone. I mean, there's always like a little bit of resentment. And that's where we are seeing, you know, some of the... Uh, Backlash, sure, yeah, yeah. They want things from, uh, to go back to how yeah, this yeah. Thinking. Like you know, so but it's very hard to sort of like, uh, what do you call? I mean, I wouldn't say hard. I was gonna say it's hard to regress, but we, you know, row shows that we can regress. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, we were talking about this um, when I think I was just chatting with you about how upsetting all of the new um, trans bulls have been. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it was it was really helpful, I think, to have you just kind of talk about your experience being here in the 90s when there was so much um, vitriol that was spewed against gay men specifically. Mm-hmm. And, you know, having that context and feeling like, we can move past this um, and that this has happened before. But I do want to hear about your experience because you you were closeted. You moved to the U.S. You were free, but you also had this like broader national discussion going on. Yeah. Once I got here, it was not like I, you know, I was out in very specific spaces You know, I was out in a gay bar. I was out in, you know, just some of my friends, you know. Amazing. I mean, I can get into some beautiful stories, actually. Like, one time my friends, my classmates, some classmates in Toledo, Ohio. I mean, word got got out that I was gay. I mean, I got it out. I was drunk and <laughs> told it to someone. And I Who forgot. told you? Oh, it was me. Oh, I was drunk. I'm sorry. Oh, you meant anyway. So, and then I started freaking out. Uh, you know, maybe a day or two later. Yeah. And and then my classmates surprised me, like you know, in someone's apartment. They were all, like, "Hey, it's all great. You don't have to worry." But I was so moved. I was like, "Oh my goodness, this is too good!" Like they threw you a yay, you're gay party. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I didn't incredible. know about that. So so anyway, what was the question? Where was I going? I have I, I think forgot. Where we it is the perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, we can go back if we need so, to. Uh, oh no 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 yeah. So you know so there are certain spaces that. I was, you know, like I was not open at, you know, at school, like, mm-hmm. you know, letting everyone, uh, no, actually my department, like maybe the faculty and such, you know, so, or where I was interning and things like that. So it, that it's very tricky, very I think, in professional like, yeah. settings, particularly, I think, in academia, because mm-hmm. there's at least stereotypically a stuffiness yeah. associated with that. And I don't know if, you know, the School of Sociology where you were felt more progressive. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, so, social sciences, sociology and all, they are 
so welcoming and um, so I have never had like at least in the areas that I've been like academically but uh, but at that time like in the night you know mid 90s and such late 90s I was also sort of like you know the whole process of coming out and it's now I realize that it's going to be part of my life forever, our lives forever. Like every time we meet someone yeah. new, we are always going to come, you know, we are always coming out, right? Absolutely. I mean, so I feel there are, you know, in spaces that we don't feel super comfortable, but yet we don't want to hide ourselves. I mean, I feel there's always a little bit of cumulative micro stress that we always have to sort of like, uh, you know, experience and go through whenever we are, you know, telling someone about ourselves, not, you know, not knowing how they're going to react to it and things like that. So I think it's going to be uh, part of our lives. I want to call back to maybe ask you all this question, but I feel like in even in my professional life, I always feel more awkward about coming out to another Desi person. You know, um, and I think it's because I have maybe this bias that they're not going to be accepting. And I mean, you, I, you said that you didn't find Desi community for like twenty years. Not twenty years. It's it was a while, like fifteen. You know, for the longest time, I was just, I, I automatically assumed that. I mean, I was not going to be accepted in the South Asian, larger, like, hetero South Asian population uh, in the U.S. And because, you know, yeah, I mean, just no, just, you know, maybe it was sort of like my assumption. But so I was kind of like, I led my life outside of, you know, that community in and at the same time, I wanted to experience our culture and tradition. And that was also a little bit of an impetus for, you know, Kush ATX. Yeah, uh, when we were you know. talking before this, one of the quotes that really struck me is that mm -hmm. you had said that that organization would go to these larger cultural festivals mm -hmm. and that you finally felt safer in Safe. spaces mm -hmm. and that there was uh, an aspect of when you were maybe at these festivals or celebrations that you would be talking to a lot of people who had kids mm -hmm. and, and they had oh, yeah. their wife nearby or whatever you know their partnership situation was but it was never someone else who was queer mm -hmm. and now you could finally go with other people who go. had a similar identity uh, in in several regards in, in, yeah Absolutely. I mean, a little bit of like the safety in numbers kind of thing. And, uh, and yeah, uh, let me see. I had some, I wanted to make a point in um, regarding, oh, yeah, 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 coming out to sort of like the South Asian population. This was super slow, my God. I mean,. <laughs> I mean, still, I'm, I'm kind of cut off. The only South, honestly, the South Asian group that I sort of, I am close with is Kush ATX. And then there's a music group, a Bengali music group. That's a, I love the folks who run it. And um, um, so, and but largely... 
I don't know. I'm sure some South, you know, South Asian community folks will listen to. And there's like, you know, I mean, the connection also. You know, my life is so different. I feel maybe that's my own thing. Mm-hmm. You know, feel my life is different. I mean, we don't have kids. Then we, um, yeah. I, I don't know. I haven't like I haven't taken that on. I've like dealt with so many other stuff. Like I just don't want to like. Oh uh, yeah! Ask, have either of y'all been back to India? Oh yeah. Yeah. I. I yeah. Go ahead. I mean, I I've, I go almost every year. Okay. Yeah. Is it is it still pretty like not a lot of visible queer spaces, queer communities? I have a different perspective on this, but I let you go first, Dave. Uh, I mean, I uh, I go back also pretty often, but mm-hmm. I just go for maybe two weeks and come back. Mm-hmm. So I haven't really... I have maybe... I mean, there's uh, the city that uh, where my hometown is, Calcutta. Uh, they, um, they, uh, they have a very vibrant now queer community, yeah. massive uh, pride parades and everything. Mm-hmm. And but you know I'm not connected to that uh, group because I didn't live there and all of that. And uh, as far as my excuse me, uh, I just burped a little burp. <laughs> Sorry, it's all the okay, that's uh, a lot of queer talk. You, yeah. you did. You, you, yeah, we, we saw it, but I appreciate all you acknowledging these wonderful that beverages. <laughs> but, but you know the cool thing was like okay, let me tell you a kind of coming out story. So like coming out has been just a thing for me. Like a freaking like cloud over my head, I think for the longest time. So now I'm kind of like an open book. So like when I've been coming out, like oh my god, how do I let my f- uh, family and relatives know? Like because I wanted to let them know, you know. And uh, so, and at that time they were all friends of uh, you know of me on Facebook. Mm-hmm. You know, what better venue? to let people know that you're gay other than Facebook, like, hopefully. So what I did was, I was like, very tacit. So I just, you know, disclosed my relationship status with John. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, so oh they, yeah, I'm like, okay. Like, you know, so here I am. 2012? You know? uh, this was, uh, no, this was, I think, later. This was later. Yeah, I oh, came out spicy. to my, like, yeah. So, and then, so my, all my cousins and, uh, every, everyone, actually, I, I came out to my sister before, uh, and my niece. And so, did your parents know? So, so listen to this. (laughs) (laughs) So they didn't know. (laughs) Everyone in my family knew now by, you know, one size kind of like disclosed not Facebook, but my folks, but my but my mom and my dad. So I was like, oh my god, I really need to let them know. And see, this is like, I'm already in my at that time in my mid forties, okay. And so, how do I let them know? I, I didn't feel it right that everyone knows. You know how people gossip and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, it was I kind of skipped. Uh, schemed something with my sister and so we planned out something and I said, well, I need to tell them. So I 
wanted to do it in person, but I didn't have the guts. So I came over once. I, you know, one time I was there, I wanted to do it in person, but I couldn't do it. It's hard. Yeah. So I came. You know, once I got back. So the and John was there with me too at that on that trip. And who was he? And who? Oh, until that point, he's my friend. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. And then, so the f- memory of the trip was fresh, uh, you know, for them. And I planned with my schedule with my sister, say, hey, I'm going to come out to them on this day and at this time. Just check on them and see how they're doing. <laughs> It's <laughs> so like call my sister, and my sister didn't uh, was visiting them as she lived in another city, and uh, so she was there. So I called and I told my like I think I told my mom first. Oh wait, yeah, I told my mom first, and and oh the plan was to only tell my mom. I didn't know how my dad. Dad, my dad hadn't shown very. It's always the dads. We're yeah. always nervous about very the good signs of <laughs> like openness, and so I was like, let me just tell my mom. And so I told my mom, and then I asked my sister, call back to check, and I asked how she, how's she doing. So my mom uh, and my sister reported that oh no, she's fine, and and then she, and then I asked her. I hope she hasn't told dad because I categorically asked her, requested her not to. And my sister, well, no, no, she told dad also. <laughs> <laughs> like immediately. <laughs> so anyway, so that happened. The following day, I called them again. Mm-hmm. And I said, you heard, right? I'm gay. And I mean, like, I just wanted to confirm that they, I just wanted to confirm because for myself, so that I don't have to redo this. Yeah. Like, I want to have it done. If it's going to be hard, let it be right now. Let's just get over all of that, at least in passing the information. And so, no, they heard me loud and clear. And, but after that, you know, so once that occurred, everyone in my family knew. Mm-hmm. Like there was no like mm-hmm. so, uh, whoever I wanted to, you know, wanted it be known, and um, yeah, and then you know after that I've taken John. John has been there so many times. Like I'm telling you, like my generation, like not my generation because some of them are all my cousins and all. They took it so well. I mean, they they just like. At least from what I can tell, mm-hmm. so they they are so nice to John whenever I, you know, we go there together. We're not really talking about things like you know, like chatting it up, like what yeah. it means to be gay and blah blah blah. But they all know what the deal is, and you know. So. Ananya, what about your experiences with India? I mean, obviously, you're a different generation. Your immigrant experience is relatively more recent, uh, so I would imagine that you know you still have a lot of connections over there. Yeah, um, I feel like I mean, it was still it's still kind of conservative, but by the time that I was an undergrad. Um, we already had, you know, this session where someone came in and did a TED talk on being gay and starting like a support system for, um, we didn't use queers yet back then, but you know, queers on the campus. And I was a really big ally. 
Um, oh yeah, the biggest, <laughs> the biggest <laughs> ally. I bet. Yeah. Yeah. I, was I, like, I can't oh, even yeah. think about anything happening during our time. That's so amazing to listen. Here. Yeah. Uh, and so I think that it was a different experience because when I started my first job, I'm. I was in a new city. Um, I was start. I was getting new friends. I was finally like starting to come to terms with my sexuality. I think um, I also had a really good friend who was probably the only out trans femme person that I had ever seen. Um, mm -hmm. And so I think that gave me a lot of courage, you know, to start exploring this. And that's how I got connected. There is a queer community in Bangalore. There's pride that happens in Bangalore. So I still have some connections there. Um, and it feels a lot more welcoming. Uh, like, uh, homosexuality was decriminalized on my birthday in 2018. Oh, nice. What a gift. Whoa, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Could not ask for a better gift exactly. right there. Yep. Yeah, so I, cool. yeah, things have, things have been progressing, uh, back in India. So it's like weird to see, you know, where when I moved how things were back there and then being like yeah I'm moving because obviously I want to be more out I want to be more visible um, I want to know what it means to come to terms with my sexuality which Kush really helped with but now oh, to good. see the regression is also really weird because I'm like damn should I move back I <laughs> you just need to fight back no regress yeah, yeah. only progress I, I, mm. I really recommend so I my family's from El Salvador um, which is pretty conservative and, and Catholic and I went back last November uh, and took my boyfriend and we went to a gay bar um, we were just we had a free night and I was I was googling and I was like there's a gay bar around the corner and let's go and so we went and just like it was mind-boggling for me to walk into a gay bar in El Salvador see all these queer Salvadorians just like living their life and I was like this is wild to me like I can't believe this exists it's it was, it was very cool it see I only experienced that yeah like uh you know, whenever I go back in December, I usually go in December and there's... I mean, pride parades in India are a thing now, like no. massive. The one in Calcutta is... And I've never sort of like... And it happens at that time. Haven't had that... What do you call? the I don't know, courage or whatever it is. Or like, mm. I always feel awkward. Yeah. Like, you know, but like you're saying, just to see that happening in a, a place where... You didn't see it occurring yeah. in the past. I just wanted to like kind of experience that, which is weird to me because you started Kush and that normalized gay desis for me. Right, <laughs> and, I, and I'm like, when I'm there, but you know, I think what ends like, like I was saying about my family and my the dynamics and everything, not the gay part, but other stuff. I mean, it just preoccupies me. So I just like, I'm, I don't want to take on anything. Just kind of like deal with that yeah. and just leave that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I get that. There's a certain aspect of, I think, mm -hmm. everyone's past that occupies a certain amount of mental garbage mm -hmm. and to be able to move on from it mm -hmm. um, and like to fully move on. Because I had a very difficult initial coming out experience with my grandmother and then last summer 
I don't think I've talked about this on the show yet. I sent out an email to a lot of my dad's family because mm-hmm. a, a lot of them are quite conservative, mm-hmm. or at least from my perception, I perceive them to be. And uh, my grandmother, we had, I think, like a 90-minute phone call after that where it really felt like for the first time in my life we were finally talking as equals mm-hmm. uh, coming from very different perspectives about a particular conversation. And that was wildly healing. Mm-hmm. I don't think I like had a script prepared. I don't think I had really any expectations going into it. I, she might have called me up if I'm remembering correctly. But it it is just wild because like, I hung up the phone and I was like, well, fuck. Like, this thing that I have spent so much time and energy sort of orbiting around. Well, that conversation finally happened. And um, it, it, I don't know. It, I think I'm still processing it. But uh, it definitely, I think, has allowed me to, in some ways, finally allow myself to move on from certain thoughts. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. That just feels like such a special moment. And I don't know how it affects you, you know, to have, like... I don't think we think about that enough is um, how people's perception, and especially family and, like, close friends, how their perception of us is affecting us at any given moment, especially as queers are like, okay, just shrug it off, move on. I mean, we have to do that so many times just for survival, right? Mm -hmm. And then to be given the opportunity to think through something, well, it's Mm -hmm. like, well, fuck, I didn't really, like, set aside a month of my life to... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, <laughs> dive into this really messy subject and mm-hmm. have the difficult conversations. Uh, and uh, it's like, I've just been trying to live, you know, but now it's like, okay, you're up for it. Okay, cool. Like, let's, I'll, I'll try my best. But I, I do feel like it, it was more of like what perhaps would have been more comfortable for me is something like on my own terms. But would I have ever wanted to do it? Would I have mm-hmm. ever made time for it? Probably not. Um, yeah, I mean, I like, you know, um, talking about like family and stuff like at one point you know after like my mom got got to know about me and everything one time I was uh, there on my own John didn't uh, come with me and my mom was like uh, oh uh, you know so I told her that you know next time I'm gonna visit it's gonna be with John so we do this like you know the tickets are so expensive uh, one trip, I just do it on my own. One trip, we go together. It's kind of like that. And um, so I said, okay, the next trip is going to be with both uh, John and I. We're going to come and visit. And my, my mom was like, uh, why can't you, why can't it be just you? I was just like, what? What do you mean? And she was like, no, you know, people say stuff and this, like neighbors. I'm like, I was so clear with her. If you want me to visit, you know, you're going to have to accept him being here and visiting. And if you're not, I mean, these are hard conversations, right? And if you're not, then, you know, you're making a choice and I have to make my own choice. So after that, she never said a thing. (laughs) (laughs) Because I told her outright, I'm not going to come if you are not going to accept my, you know, uh, my partner at that time. Uh, And then, uh, you know, at that time he was sort of, we were married and stuff. So, yeah, so I had to be very clear. Because after that, you know, after I came out, I was super, like, I have I have to, like, boundaries were very important for me to, like, if you 
if you're gonna say that then i have to draw a line somewhere i can't just like not you know he's very important to me yeah yeah, so. yeah you have to stand up for yourself yeah yep well y'all this has been an incredible conversation <laughs> yeah. i feel like we could talk for hours oh yeah is there any final talking points that anyone here would like to touch upon No, I mean, <laughs> well, I'm going to take this opportunity. I'm the guest. Yeah, you are. <laughs> <laughs> no, just, no, nothing really. I mean, you know, I really do feel that, like, at least in the U.S., we have made a lot of progress. Like, you know, just seeing, you know, the whole trajectory of everything. I mean, there are setbacks, you know, right? I mean, we sure. are all experiencing and things like that. But I think hopefully these are just bumping the road mm. and God, we're just gonna like yeah and we were talking you know i mean like the whole all the the trans issue and now drag queen i mean like it just sort of harkens back to like you know a little bit back in the day when just the gay community was just under the microscope and it was just being like you know beat up from every which direction and it seems like this part of the queer community is now being targeted and and but i think and then but then we made such a huge progress and you know several years you know took the next you know in the next maybe 15 to 20 years i'm hoping you know that happens now and just if we sort of like stick together and you know, sort of like get through this, like with whatever yeah. energy and everything that we have, we will. Yeah, I'm optimistic. I mean, not only optimistic, I'm very optimistic. I think that's a great message, not yeah. only for our viewers or listeners to hear, but also for everyone at this table. Yeah. I, I mean, these are hard times, these are very fast moving times, and I think. You are our elder to a certain extent, and um, we are also the elders of other people, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that we need to find that optimism within ourselves. And, that hope. Yeah, to find that hope. Yeah. It's like when we're talking mm -hmm. with Adri, it's like we need to find hope because it yeah. is so vital in these moments of darkness. Yep. No. Also, the search is still on for the oldest out <laughs> we have hey. to meet that person they are not here they are decades older if that is you hit us up queertown is on instagram and twitter just tag us if you think you see that person absolutely <laughs> call them out i am i yeah. call them in call them in <laughs> I like that assignment. <laughs> Mace is going to get blurry photos of brown men <laughs> who are older. I mean, uh, listeners, uh, Mace's DMs are open. Uh, we know Just this. Slide my, in. My DMs are open for this as well as many other things. Uh, you know, so long as someone's hot, I'm not, I'm not going to argue. <laughs> well, from uh, all of us in Ananya's backyard. <laughs> Thank you for spending some time with us. Thank you for being queer. And thank you for being here. Oh, thank you so much. I loved it. 
Thanks, all of you. We loved it, too. Awesome. Peace, y'all. Fuck, doing the wrong one again. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's all, folks. Queer Town is a Hey Kerwick production. Each episode is lovingly produced by yours truly and Kristen Washington. Our editor is Drewski Hewlett, and our project manager is Elizabeth Easterly. Visit Queer Town on Instagram and Twitter for more updates on today's episode. Thanks for being here, and thanks for being queer. Bye, babes. Cheers, queers. Cheers. Cheers. To never knowing everything. Mm. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs>